You've reached the Union of Metro Street podcast, where we discuss the San Diego music scene of the late 80s and all of the 90s. From the shows we worked and the shows we played at Soma Live. Here we go. Hello, I'm Monica Sierras of Dodgeball. And I am uh, Colin Smith. That was the guitars in Dodgeball, and I was also the drummer in Cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, guys. Yes. Hello, hello. Hey guys, so How's it going? how you doing? <laughs> doing good. Just kind of tripping out on this whole thing, you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's been a, a long time, eh? Yeah, you're accessing files that <laughs> you haven't. You know, I remember having different memories, but then really thinking about it, you're going to places you haven't. You know, sights oh, yeah. and sounds and people you haven't thought of in a long time, and you know, just seeing his face, like I'm like, who's this guy? But then seeing his face, I'm like a face guy, facial recognition, and right? Just seeing people just takes me back to a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just not only the idea of like talking about the old stories to jog the memory, uh-huh. but just again, seeing people, it's kind of like, oh, oh, crap. We, we're all getting older, but yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was saying, it's like the high school reunion. Yeah. Know, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. go to my high school reunion, but seeing everybody, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was kind of like punk rock high school for everybody over yeah. there. Yeah. Well, well, we we were talking about on the way down driving that dodgeball to us was like rock and roll high school. You know, just paying our dues, learning everything, you know, just getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doing little yeah. tours. It Working was kind of like, because co- we didn't have college years. I mean, we did a couple years of community college, but, you know, touring and doing all that stuff was like kind of like our college experience just happened to be, you know, with instruments and traveling around a little van and then doing some local shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then putting out vinyl and yeah. speaking of, okay, so I've got... I can't remember. I've got one or two. How how many vinyl did you guys put out? Okay, we had two vinyls. Uh, we had a uh, Yellow Records seven inch that had four oh, songs right, right. on it, and then we had a Goldenrod seven inch that had four songs on it. Okay, and they were all recorded by this. We recorded them with uh, Frank Melendez, who is ex Sprung Monkey, correct? Right. Wasn't he a guitar player? That was when he had his little eight track studio somewhere in La Mesa. It was in a you know like a really nice like office building the way I remember it in. Uh, La Mesa, you had an eight-track analog, and that's where we also did the Lump of Coal song. I think that was the first one we did, and then we liked how it sounded, oh. and then we recorded there with him, and then kind of like those songs got kind of divided up into the seven inches, you know. And the Lump of Coal was Jeff's thing with... Jeff Greenwood, yellow, yeah. yeah. Yellow, records. yellow Records. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah wasn't uh, Cockroach supposed to do... We, we're gonna do. I, I tried a Christmas get, song. We or had something. a Christmas song. I heard it when I was when I was listening to the cockroach thing. So it's like I want everything. I want it now. Yeah. I, you know, so I was telling. I was trying to you know talk Greenwood into this punk rock. I'm all you know. It was all about secret songs back in the day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. all just do the regular lump of coal. Mm-hmm. Have like a minute of silence or whatever, and then just have our little cockroach punky Christmas song at the end. You know, it's not going to mean anything. You don't have to list it. It'll just be kind of this cool punk thing. And he yeah. just was. He kind of wasn't having it. He didn't think it was that cool of an idea, so it never got on there. And I was, you know, yeah. Anyway, you know, well, that, that's as close as I got to actually being on vinyl. Yeah. And of all bands that I was with was Cockroach. So before we get into that, yeah, because it just it oh my lord, <laughs> just thinking about Cockroach. Um, let's go back to Dodgeball. Okay. When did when did you guys start that band? I don't even remember. Okay, um, uh, Monica was the last member. Did you want to tell talk, talk yeah, about no, the story? Um, we, we met her. I actually have the reader ad 
that we met Monica in in, in the photo album here. No so way. it was me, uh, Mike Porter on bass. Yeah. And then we had uh, J.D. Mobley was the drummer at the time. He played and, later for what was the African? He was in this African band called Bitoto. They would play like SeaWorld and stuff. They got like really good gigs. You know, by, by the way, every yeah. band that's come in here and done a podcast, they've all met through the reader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The reader. Yeah. It was like that, a huge thing. That was the yeah. dating of musicians. Yeah. And I can't day. believe we have the reader ad. So the, I met them through a reader ad. So they were a drummer and a bass player. Uh, rhythm section they were looking for like a rhythm guitarist they said like rave keyboard player rhythm guitarist punk rock guitarist they wanted like a rhythm guy not like a lead shredder guy and i called them up and so we were a pretty good three-piece and then we did a reader ad looking for a female vocalist we were all into having like you know rad chick vocals and i saw what the the mix of things that they'd put in the yeah, ad we had was, pretty, was really interesting yeah. it was uh, Eth- ethno chick chic vocalist <laughs> with like I don't know you know we, we didn't want like course, a white chick I mean ethno yeah. chic oh, yeah. Yeah. I, don't I don't know, know. anyway so we ended up trying out like 20-30 people oh no way and, and you know people show up and they're not prepared you know that whole thing and uh she basically came over saying did really really good and then um I had four track demos and I would give you know the ones that did like a good job, like hey, you know, go home and write to this, you know. And she had a four track, so she put my four track tape into her four track tape and wrote to <laughs> it. And when she brought it back, it was like I think it was to Atypical, the song that later oh, that, was yeah. called Atypical, and it just kind of blew my mind. Well, all of it, you know, it's just like she's got melody. You know, she understands song structure. She's working with the song. She's just not showing up, going blah blah blah. And it was just awesome. And from that second, I heard that tape. I was like. I'm working with this girl. I was I was almost yeah. beat out by a guy, even nah. though they were looking for a girl, and he came up with a pretty great. It was song. a pretty good hook. This guy, we were looking for a girl singer, and guys would show up. And this guy was he, he Ethel Chic or whatever. He was that was. <laughs> we, yeah. we were trying to. So this guy came up with this song. It was he called it. It was during the whole Butterfuco thing. He, it was all Butterfuco love, and he had this rad <laughs> hook. It went with the, and it was actually really really good. I but, mean, I I, mean, yeah. I wasn't even around, and I still remember the. I was yeah, like, it's good hook. He came yeah. up with a good hook. Whoever oh, you are out Lord. there, yeah. But a Fuco Love, whoever that dude was, <laughs> can't remember his name, but but I know. had just uh, I had just been playing with Cranial Vacancy, playing bass, and I at that point moving on from them wanted to start singing, and I had sang a couple songs in that band and, and thought I want to move on to singing, and and I was looking, I was I'd gone through a couple of funny, you know, trying out for a couple of different bands, right. um, Snake some, sna- uh, Snake Pit, Snake Pit, it was an all girl band. I, that was the first time I was ever going to try being in an all girl punk band. This is before Slash. Slash is Snake right. Pit. And they, I was always uh, really yeah. freaked out by girls because girls, well, you know, they get emotional and there's things, you know, like you know how how I've never seen too many girl bands that can keep it together. Right. So I, I go and audition for Snake Pit, and um, <laughs> as I'm there, like the, actually Pit. the first one I think went okay, and they said, okay, come back, this is going well. So I, I go back the next day or the next time, and we'll come back dressed. Right. Oh, yeah. They said, come back dressed as you would for a show. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm in my cutoffs <laughs> yeah. and my T-shirt and and, and they're kind of looking at me like, no, are you going to go put on like the heels and the stockings right. or whatever they and I was like, this is no, this is my <laughs> it's my game. Yeah. And uh, and then some of the girls were late. And when they showed up, it was like my boyfriend and they were crying and, and I, I it freaked me out. So we had a great rehearsal, but I went home and I never called them back. And I saw them months later drama, and they, yeah. and they were like, we, we thought you were going to come sing with us. And I was like, Oh, I, sorry. You know, I don't know what I said, but it was just, I got really uncomfortable with that whole thing. Yeah. But I walked into these guys room 
And Porter, Mike Porter, the bass player, he had this long, rocking hair. Kind of looked like the old lead singer for Excel. Oh, Remember man, how long his was, hair he looked oh, yeah. like Excel, dude? Great looking yeah, hair. Yeah. Colin Great had hair, these dude. long dreads. The <laughs> yeah. drummer had some big dreads. And I'm like, this is a good looking band. Like we had rocking hair back in the day. <laughs> yeah. It was like, like a couple months after I joined the band, I think they all cut their hair. <laughs> yeah. Long hair wasn't cool anymore, so we were, you know, I don't know what we were doing. But it was, man. Yeah. I was like, this if if hair counts for anything, this band's going places. Yeah. Right. What right. year? Yeah. What year was that? Okay, 90. ninety. We we looked at the reader ad actually, and it, it, it's dated like early ninety four. Okay. So that's when, uh, you know, we got together, and I think like maybe just two, three, four months after that of jamming and her writing up, we had some material, and she was you know just writing up to it, and then we started gigging. Oh, we started playing under horrible names. We were all so indecisive, and we, I mean, I think we played under anything. Yeah, was that the first show like at the Velvet? Maybe. Yeah. Did you? Was, did was you Velvet guys ever? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, did you guys ever play any shows at Union? Yeah. Uh, no. I think I did cranial. a I cranial. Did a, yeah, cranial, cranial played. Yeah, I remember. You I was fun. a performance artist with this like industrial band called Steam Machine or or uh, Sweat Engine. Sweat well, no, Engine. See, that was, we were kind of like a joke Sweat Engine band. But anyway, okay. I was like, I was like, we're going to get into that later okay. because <laughs> that goes into. That's but I never played in early, early. Yeah. Soma stuff. Oh man, at, at, at Union, lots of memories there. Yeah. And now, before oh, I yeah. played there, I remember being in high school and going and going there when it was a goth club. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And yeah. I was like the biggest dork. Like I loved all these scene things, but I hated shopping. I never bothered to like you know dress for a scene or anything. Right. So I was always just like the dorkiest person. But I'd just be like, I love this goth stuff. Yeah. You know. And I yeah. was rad. I was really into the industrial thing because I was into metal. So when the whole crossover, well, you know, and then I was into the metal punk crossover thing, you know, DRI. Mm-hmm. So then when the whole industrial metal crossover thing was happening, I was super into that. And that was happening. Like they were playing a bunch of like kind of cool gothy stuff. And then, you know, then they'd slip in like a ministry song, yeah. like Stigmata, like every like hour or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we'd have some just fun, to, you know. Because the, yeah. the dance floor would just kind of. Yeah. Kind of separate people, go in their groups, and then they would just sit there and smoke. Yeah. And, you could, and you know, because here I am walking around with a little, you know, rocket fuel coffee, and they, this they, is they up smoked as, and cried. Is that what it was? Oh, pretty much, or I was because of all the smoke, mascara but, running down faces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so this would be when you know when I started. So it was eighty nine. My first show there was late eighty nine, um, November in eighty nine. So in 89 and the 90, and, you know, like before we talked about, it was basically the goth club. They bring in different things to try to, you know, do something. But it'd be upstairs. And it would be completely barren. Yeah. But we'd have these, remember those giant boxes that would we would have to push out in the middle of the Flat. floor and then someone would get up there and doing their dance. And yes, then yes. <laughs> certain songs would come on and certain groups would come out and, you know, the smoke sort of dissipates and they all, co- it was, you know, it was fucking rad. And I was so know, but- into goth girls. I thought they were so cute <laughs> and they were just not into what I had going on no. at all. They weren't into, you know, I wasn't they- sad yeah. enough. I mean, they were just like in the corner, just all depressed. And I'm like, I'm just such a happy kind of spazzy dude. Like kind of yeah. like a surfer kind of punky you, dude. You want a vampire. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, man, these I am so into these girls, man. But they are just not in. I was just always uh, so bummed about it because they were just so cute, yeah. man. Do you remember Vivian? The Sounds little familiar. five foot two um, buzz cut. Um, eventually, she ended up riding a little motorcycle. I don't know. Well, she and I started a band with the light guy and the DJ, Jason and... 
oh god, I can't remember his name, Tribe of Fallen Dreams, but we were like a, a goth industrial sort of thing. It was a rad project. Do you remember that one band? Okay, well, we saw rad bands in the dungeon. There was this yeah. one industrial band. They brought all the saws and grinders, and they had like oil cans, and they were like shooting Babylands. Maybe that was it. Yeah, because they would just shoot like like uh, Sweat Engine was the opener, right? And then it was Babyland. I think you're right. And, and the were, computers. Oh man, and they would shoot sparks. And this like, is before in, people really had computers. Going. Was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was no pyro at Soma or anything like that, so they no. were shooting sparks. I mean, it was like awesome. I mean, they, yeah. and and they were like. You thought of a lot of industrial thing and there was guitars, but they never really did that. I mean, they did that. They were pounding metal and they had drills and it was yeah. like the best. Metal chain. Yeah. And yeah. really good at it. It wasn't just yeah. noise. Like they were awesome. But I mean, I saw Jello down there one time. You know, I, I had Lard on my thing. Like um, he was just watching a band. I looked over and there he is. So I'm like, yeah. okay. you know, you're always like, well, what do I say? You know, you want to <laughs> say something, but you don't want to say something stupid. So I'm like, hey, what's up with Lard? Are you guys going to do like another album? That was like my line, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, he kind of like was thinking about it. And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, wonder if I put the idea in his head. Because like a few months, like six months later, there was like another Lard record. And he was yeah. kind of like spinning his eyes. And I'm like, dude, Lard is awesome. You guys oh, yeah, got to yeah, get yeah. in the studio yeah. with Al again, Jorgensen, and just, get, and I, you know. And that's in my head. That's like my, my little dream. Like I put the seed in Jello's yeah. head to do that's another Lard album. from now on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's in the podcast. And so now that it's in the podcast, it's almost <laughs> like, you know, it's got to be true, right? So when Jello calls up and says, hey. Fucking no, that's not how it happened. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. But, but you never, I mean, back then, that's how everything was, yeah. organically. So let's get, let's get back, to, get back um, to, to Dodgeball, how you guys started coming together. 94, early 94. And yeah. um, so Monica's it decides, who was it? Elizabeth Weems, was that her band? Snake Pit? Was that the, the all girl like rock hair band? You know, and I they actually back they could have made some money off of Slash and they wanted were really the name. Good. They were yeah. really good. Slash yeah. wanted the name, so he wind and dined him and tried to buy the name. They own the name. He, they tried to you know just a side tangent. Uh, they, he was going to give them a bunch of money. Wow, you know, like maybe ten G's or something, and they could use that to record and do all this stuff. And they just held on to the name and did nothing. I mean, they just should have sold it to him. And yeah, I guess anyway. he just went Slash's Snake Pit. Yeah, and so then they called it Slash's Snake Pit. That's where that came from. So. Anyway, yeah. let's digress. But Dodge yeah, ball. it was one of those things. Yeah, you know, they they were great. I thought thought they were fun yeah. musicians. Um, but I I really was scared of working with girls. I just kind of right. never really done it. And so drummer number one, <laughs> jo, JD Mobley. When I was like pretty adamant, I'm like Monica's the girl. She's it. You yeah. know, it was just awesome. Uh, he he wasn't having it for some reason. He didn't like it. I think that the story we come up with our head is he had it in his head that he wanted to do the singer, whoever the singer was. And I think he felt that like, he wasn't going to lay this chick like by her <laughs> vibes. You know, she was about the music too. She wasn't about right. just partying and <laughs> fucking the dudes in the band. And he was just like, he was out, you know? Right. So then we were just already said all of a sudden starting the whole, we've been through eight drummers with dodgeball. So that started the, the quest the of first. all the drummers. <laughs> so then we had this guy named Doug, he was drummer number two. And that's when we started gigging. We had a couple shows with like him. That was early on, yeah. Yeah, and then his roommates came and saw us, and this is kind of like we played like this. We it was like the first show, so we needed like more space, like time. So we busted out this really quick uh, uh, "Get Off My Cloud" by the Rolling Stones, which was a horrible song to cover. Anyway, we played it, and his roommates, I ba basically said, "Dude, 
This is horrible. Get out of this band. So there goes drummer number two. And then number three was a main drummer for a long time, Mike Gilly. He was on the seven inches. He oh, did okay. those Frank Melinda. He was with us for like um, you know, a few years, and that was kind of and he's one. still playing. He's out still yeah. playing. Um he's in really good Austin, drummer, I believe now. Really good huh. drummer. But at the time, it was just so fast. I thought like our songs were upbeat, but he played them so fast, they lost like a lot of feel. And I think that, well, you know, at the time, everybody was trying to go just so fast. And, everything, you know. And, yeah. you know, I never wanted to say, like, people would try to say that we were punk and we weren't punk. We were definitely more in what I, we, we, we call it power pop. That's what it was just like. It, yeah. I mean, we were like the poppiest thing, you know, but just fast. <laughs> just yeah, like, yeah. It's so fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think that's probably when, like, the neighbors. Trying to think of what other bands, because okay, there was that um, <clears throat> that whole movement of speeding everything up as yes. a way of compensating. Face to face was, uh, you know, probably in that whole timeline. Yeah. You know, when, when well, uh, Dookie that came out, and everything was just all about all that stuff. Yeah, you know, it was Dookie, and then the face to face thing was like, you know, still really, you know, remember that was just huge. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. So it's like. And then everybody just said, oh, because she was a girl singer that like, oh, you sound like Gwen. Oh, it's, it's oh, all, yeah. you know, and it's like she had, I mean, it's a cool compliment, but she didn't sound or sing <laughs> no. anything like Gwen Stefani. No. You know, nothing no. against her. She's awesome and had her whole thing. But sure. that's all we ever got. Oh, God, you're like, you know, you're like Gwen. We travel around in Arizona and tech. Oh, oh, you're like Gwen. Oh, my. And we're like, <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks. But like, I don't hear that at all. No, and you guys, and fact, your guys' sound was nothing like no doubt either. Yeah. Well, they no, didn't really no. say that, but yeah, definitely not. Yeah, we yeah. weren't weren't any kind of funky. <laughs> we were. It was when did when did you guys first play Metro? Um, since you guys formed, don't, basically don't you, guys you guys have a list probably, somewhere? probably right about the time that yeah. it went over there. Yeah, just about the time that it turned over is when. Yeah, because that was the time you guys formed, so that's when Metro opened up. Was ninety yeah. four? So. Yeah, we did some side stages. You and, know, uh, we did yeah. pretty good. It's kind of a cloudy time as far as like I mean, there was just it was relentless. There was show after show. I mean, we yeah. whether if if either we were playing one or we were going to see somebody, you know, it's like you were there or every weekend getting a drummer in shape, which was always like the one <laughs> step forward, two steps back. You know, oh, we got a show. Let's try some people out. Let's get them in practice. You know, that was always very stressful. Yeah, you know, First and then reason. the sets were so quick. You know, it's like twenty five minutes. Oh, it's we were like, just yeah. talking to someone about that, uh, and uh, he doesn't come from this kind of scene at all. And he's going, "How did you guys have three to five bands a night? How would that even work? Like six bands? It's six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, well, and he's like, so did you all share a drum kit? It's like, no, no, no. it was. And we were always really cool. You know that whole thing that like people would kind of like juke like. The set, Out like, oh, the- oh, my, my, my bass player's got to go to this. So can we have like this slot? Can we, can you know, the course- or can we borrow your gear? Yeah, and, oh, and yeah, we yeah. were always just like. We never stood up for ourselves, so we were always just like, okay. "Oh yeah, okay." And we'd always take like the worst, you know, the the other spot that wasn't like as good. Like, we, yeah. we didn't stick up for ourselves at all. We were really bad at that. But you, you know, know what? What was fine though? You guys had your following, so it yeah. wasn't you know people were there to see you yeah. most of the time. Um, you know, Monica was one of the few uh, female, yeah, you know, leads that in that scene. Was there yeah, another one? Scene, was there, there was anything? Yeah. Anybody the only else? other band I can think of that had a female singer that was local. Was probably the fabulous Rudy's. Wow, and they were ska band. Remember what was her name from um, Bim Scala Bim? That was a little bit earlier, but she was doing stuff that whole time too. Um, but did they play know. Metro? I don't think so. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. If they yeah, did. as far as I mean, the bar scene would be more, but as 
the presence and what you guys brought to the game, it was definitely, it, it stood out. I mean, it still well, thanks. stands out because the music and then the presence of the band. Cool. And, and then just, even their merch that you guys made. Oh, like, yeah. I like, definitely wrote that down. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. 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 yeah no, nobody else did that. Well, we tried yeah. to set ourselves apart with the, yeah, the merch. Well, another thing, just to back up on the singing thing, what I, you know, when we tried her out is she didn't sing like a girl. She sang like a punk rock dude with yeah. harmony and melody. You know, I mean, that's what kind of stuck out with me with her. It's like, dude, she this chicken like belted out. Well, She's not la da da. It's like, and this was what was fun for me know. too, is because growing up when I was younger, I kind of did the whole classical background. Like, you know, I was in choirs. I I was in competitions where you were in front of a judge and you got judged according to the music that was written. Did you do the crescendos where they were? Did you? So getting involved in the punk scene for me was kind of this release of just like everything. I was so worried about everything, every detail that I didn't enjoy performing. It was all about, you know, as much as I loved singing, it was so stressful when I was up there because everything had to be perfect. So going into punk gave you this freedom, Freedom. this amazing freedom to just, Go for it. Just let it out. You know, yeah. let all I your think you embrace that. Yeah, let your body yeah. fly the, uh, wherever it wants. Get all There's the no, angst yeah. out and, yes. and relieve yeah. yourself of the stress of whatever everyday life. And oh, it did. It get did. that adrenaline kick going. And yeah. So the one thing we did is we did have rad merch. I mean, I was kind of like this artist freakazoid. So if I wasn't oh, writing yeah. songs or doing little four track demos, basically we were just making merchandise. I would go to this t-shirt place down by sports arena. They had white shirts for like Great, five cheap bucks shirts. Can't find that. Anymore. And then I had these fabric markers and fabric paints that you'd buy, you know, whatever Michael's or whatever the art place was. And I would, you know, put a board in them and just draw and paint shirts. They were like 10 bucks because the shirts yeah. were three or $5 to buy and then sell them for 10. And then, um, we had coloring book calendars, yep. which was Xeroxing. That was a lot of fun to put together. A lot of work, but I mean, it was really cool. And people just would, people People would just come up to the merch counter and just like roll What's their eyes and on? just trip out. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had toys. We go to like swab meets anything and thrift stores. We could throw anything we could throw on. a sticker yeah. on and sell that for fifty cents. We have cents. meat thermometers. We, have meat. we still have a lot of that <laughs> shit too. I mean, we have a box of all this stuff, man. I mean, it's great. We've got the calendars. We got and, you awesome. know we'd have the seven inches. We'd have a couple CDs, and then I had these demo tapes. So I worked at Tower. I heard you guys talking about Tower Records on one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. I forget which, which one. one did you work at? I worked at the El Cajon one. You guys said there was two. There was actually actually three by guitar center uh there wasn't no that was the one in la mesa Mesa. so there was sports arena which had a video store next door it was across the street it wasn't connected so it was tower sports arena that was the main one of course and then um then there was the la mesa one which was like um by college and it was by guitar center so that was the la mesa one and i worked in one in el cajon city it was kind of down the street from blue meanie on fletcher parkway i didn't even know it was by this kfc and it was actually awesome that was like my first like record store job i could do a whole separate podcast on that (laughs) but i was like a um uh, you know, like a clerk for a long time. And then the, you know, the big art boards they used to put up on the walls, those four foot art board, they had two artists at the time and they were all just jaded and pissed off. They ended up quitting and I took it over. So I did the job of two artists and I was the art dude for the, you know, but, but 
before that ended, you know, um, I was there like at the last part of Tower Records. That's when Russ Solomon, the guy that gave it to his kids, and they kind of changed the format. And then CDs were going out. You, everything was going. The whole Napster thing was going on, so you couldn't really oh, sell right. anything. So I was there the last three or four. He was painting those big years, the, the big record. Yeah, the big artboard. So I was kind of the art dude, and and then you know that's how I'd get the bennies of all you know. The, so anyway, that I regret digress again <laughs> so there'd be all these promo tapes and promo cds you know you get all these free things and they would just give them out to everybody there was all these like little cassettes right and i would make these demos at home or little singles so if i'd get these little cassettes and you put the tape over the you know you could record them or if you put the oh, scotch yeah, 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 tape yeah. The over scotch the little tape, yeah. tabs so i would get all these just tapes they were just going in the trash and then i would just sit at home duping all these singles so we'd come to a soma sideshow and there would, you know, I'd have all these just singles for that show. And it'd be funny because in between, like little takes, there'd be some other random band in between yeah. our songs, like on yeah. purpose. Like I'd record a demo and then leave three seconds of some other crazy oh, shit, or it'd be uh, backwards. <laughs> it would be like black mass, like upside down backwards. And then you know we'd give those out, and it would be this that one single. So, but did it have the other band, like a different band's name on the cassette? We cover it up, tape it up. I mean, you know, and then the, and then the the, the cardboard sleeve. You'd, you know, peel it, reverse it, scotch tape it, and then we draw. So each, I mean, I was like a freakazoid. I don't know where I had all this time. I would draw <laughs> on each one of these tapes and like, you know, we'd have 20 of them for a show or whatever. Yeah. So we had this crazy shit that no other bands had. I don't know. I mean, and then we'd mail po- postcards. You know, you get a mailing list for people going. Dude, we yeah, were yeah nuts. the postcards were not were not printed so up. So when were people handed, gave us their address, we would hand draw hundreds of them <laughs> art postcards, and then before a show, we would mail these things out, snail mail, and then people would you know in their mailbox would get like some. I mean, I could imagine these adults; they're going out to get their bills and stuff out of the mailbox, and then there's this crazy card with some weird dragon bug thing on it. It says dodgeball, and then they got to give this to their kid. Hey, you got some mail, and they'd be like, <laughs> "Oh rad!" You know, hopefully they'd be like, "Oh rad!" You know, they're playing at yeah. Soma and. I don't know what we were thinking. And we even man. had at some hey, point there were even some of the kids from Soma uh, would come over and make them with us. Yeah, oh, wow. they would yeah. mail us a couple. We have a couple in our collection of like Simon Tam was one of the biggest dodgeball fans. He's, He's in this band Slant now. Slants, yeah. He does really good. The Slants, the Slants, the yeah. Slants, and so we have a couple fan <laughs> postcards, art ones that people mail us, and we have those in like a scrapbook and stuff. And wow, yeah, just nutsy stuff. You know, because back in the day, that was one of the things I don't. Trying to remember what band I had heard from originally, but maybe it was Gangbusters or someone, but someone had brought up, they had a mailing list. So I used to, you know, promote people, hey, just make a mailing list. Because back then, that's how you did it. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't have a podcast, a radio show, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. It's those personal touches that I appreciated being a fan of music, and then just made my life easier because I can only reach so many people, and our flyers were so... It became so generic. It's just like, all right, which color is it? Right. <laughs> Great. All right, I got to put up the green one this week. Yeah. You know, so so much work, and we all did it because it was like that's what you did. You just passed out flyers and did all that stuff. Yeah. You know. But it's it just showed that how much passion you had for what you were doing, uh-huh. which made it different, which made the fan base appreciate it even more. I mean, that's the thing when, you know, when people started getting more CDs and less vinyl. So then, you know, like I have to wear glasses just to read a book or look at my phone. <laughs> but, you know, you get a cover art and you're looking at all the cover art. But if something's hand drawn, you're like, oh, fuck, dude. I, no one well, else that has was the this. theory. And I think it worked with like some kids, but it didn't like 
translate into like 500 or 1,000 kids coming to a show. You know what I mean? We got those same 30 to 50 kids, which was cool. And we totally appreciated it, but you know, it never translated into like big, big numbers with all the, right. for the amount of effort we put into it, you know what I, I mean? I feel like we're still like that. We still put a lot of effort into yeah. every gig that we do. And yeah, we've got to get into plan. It's a, it's what a, we're doing that's now. a labor of love. I mean, yeah. Yeah. definitely isn't about the pay. I mean, we, we've, you know, we've made a, a living at it. More we've made now. a living, but at the same point, it's definitely not, we're not living in mansions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the amount of time we put into everything, it's still... You know, yeah, you gotta love it, man. Oh, yeah, or absolutely, or you gotta quit, and we just don't know how to quit. Yeah, you know. So I'm I'm the same way, but with with everything that I'm doing. But then again, if you said you had crossed over and you made all that, you know, you got Blink 182 recognition. Yeah. yeah. Then you're not doing any of that stuff, and then your original fans are going, well. You know what happened? I could have on a le- well. What I, the plan was? I actually kind of thought about that. We would have like real shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were on the road, we'd have the, your your twenty dollar black did, shirt yeah. with like printing on it. And then if I was in the road on a bus or in a van, I could make one or two kind of special nice shirts. Yeah. And those could have been like, you know, oh hey, I saw you. You know, some kids up at the bus or the van. Hey, I saw you in the front. Oh, dude, you're into this. Here, here's the yeah. shirt, you know? So I did have a plan of how to do it even later oh, cool. if, you know, and it just never got to that point, but that right. would have been rad to be able to pass like out a rad handmade shirt by the guitar player to like some rad fan and just be like here. Yeah. And then, you know, so that was, so you know. How, how big did, you know, I want to get back to the list of the drummers here, but yeah, how big did you guys actually get? Like other than playing <laughs> big? We got huge. I mean, dude, we were really big in El Paso for like two minutes, dude. I gotta tell you, man, this one show in El Paso ruled in England, but no, no. Japan never got to Japan. Japan, Big in Japan. What are the the biggest shows that you you were doing? Some of the touring that we did, and we we got on some you know great nights. I mean, that's all I can say is I have to say. So we we booked um, our tours on Book Your Own Fucking Life, yeah, and um, which was a it was the quintessential way to do your do-it-yourself touring. And we met so many amazing people. There's still some people we keep in contact with. Um, like we would go to Ryan Arcata. from Arcata. Uh, yeah. they, we played at uh, the, was it Hugs Not Bombs or Love Not Bombs uh-huh. house? And I guess that was like the, where the mayor lived. And he, was, he was like an 18-year-old mayor of this town. And so they would have these punk rock parties in the kitchen of this house. Yeah. And wow. uh, I remember that. And that was some of the greatest stuff. Um, okay, quick side story on that. So Brent's playing drums, drummer <laughs> number five. And I guess <laughs> this jar falls down or falls off this thing. And he thinks it's like a jar of like weed, right? And he's like, oh man, you know, he, he didn't smoke, but the other, you know, we uh, other three people were stoners. And he's like, he's playing and he shoves this jar over to the side. He's like, I'm going to get, I guess. They're going to love me, man. Yeah. So he yeah. gives it to us and we, he thinks he's getting us like this jar of weed. And it turns out to be like some spice. It's like whorehound. It had fallen or off whatever. the shelf when we were playing. It had rocked off. Yeah. So we got it for us, but it didn't turn thought, out to be weed. He yeah. yeah. somebody who was throwing it to us. And we have like, it. Yeah. It's another memento. It's on my shelf and oh, my you still, we oh, have the giant with the dodgeball whorehound yes <laughs> and uh and, you know it was a good try brent <laughs> hi brent how you doing drummer number five and seven and seven oh yes. yeah 
Yeah. Okay, well, who's number six then? Okay, so we, we were talking about Mike Gilly, number three. And then we had this kid named Josh Mader. He lived in the Spring Valley somewhere. He was a young kid. He was younger than us. We were go, about he to was go on, on one tour. tour and and he, we, yeah. just, we needed somebody and he kind of jumped in just for the tour. And he had young and energy and, it, you know, it just didn't work out. But it worked out for the tour to keep going. You know, it's hard to w- cancel a tour, you know, even though they're small little tours, you know. Right. It's like you want to go. You know, you quit your stupid job at Seven Eleven, and you just gotta go, right? You know, and then yeah, we got Brent Killer, which was one of our main guys. He was on the CD, you know, the Hooray he was for with Everything. Us most of the time, he was with us like most of the time. He hated okay. touring, but you know, he was a good, the he had most a solid drummer thing we had. For it because yeah, because yeah, he he was in Beer Goggles. Was that the main band so. he was in before? I think so. Beer Goggles with yeah. Lenny, maybe. Local you, band? You would know. I yeah, local band. guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he came from that, and he was actually a fan of Dodgeball. So when we were looking for drummers, uh, he, for some reason, you know, he got a hold of however that happened, but he was a fan, and he was stoked to be in the band. Yeah. And he a, was pretty good for a while, but he had yeah. this really solid job. Like He had a he, real job. Like he had none, a real of job. Had. So he, none of us had. None of us had real jobs. He didn't want to leave. I was you know? a valet. I valet parked cars. He was like, you know. I'm working for Toyota. You know, they've got things like, you, you know, you... you you get raises and things like that. Yeah. I don't want to lose Benefits. Anything. Benefits. Yeah. We didn't so we had a really, one of those. No. <laughs> we no, had a no really retirement good package there. What? No retirement package when you're in a band. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we still have nothing. I mean, we've been playing together for since 94. What's the math on that? Oh, 401k is just doing great. Almost 30 years, right? <laughs> yeah. Or 25 we're, we're, years. We're going to have to have a 30 year playing together anniversary here <laughs> pretty at some point. It's coming up. I know in the next year or two. So we had a really good run with Brent for, you know, Two three years, you know yeah. the main part, and, and then, then yeah, his work said no, you can't tour anymore. Yeah. If you want to keep your job, and the tours were like you know fifty bucks, a gas money, cheese pizza. I mean, it was very unglamorous. I mean, right. it was fun as shit, but I mean, you know, for somebody who has a real job and only two weeks vacation time, it just you know he was like, I ain't doing this anymore, and he's out. <laughs> so then we had the um, the infamous DDA Suarez for a little bit. Yes, yeah. Which yeah, like he's a great guy. I, played, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He wasn't in the band too long. You know, it was it just wasn't the right fit, like band wise. You know what I mean? It just wasn't. You know, he's a trippy dude. We've got our yeah. personalities, and it was cool for a little bit, but it just wasn't jiving. So I right. don't know how long that lasted. It he, wasn't too long. And he long. was from uh, Sub Society. And yeah, back in the yeah. day, Furious I remember seeing him when I was a little Furious kid. Furious Four. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So then. Yeah, and then I don't Dennis know why Tatton. we got Brent back. We got Brent back in the band for a little while longer. I don't know. He just missed it. But then the same issues came up, you know, about touring and just stuff. right. And then we had this other guy for a while. The last drummer we had, number eight, was uh, this guy named Mike Owen. And I forget what band he was in, but he lived down the beach. He was a guy, guy from Texas. Uh, yeah. He yeah. was a really nice guy. Really nice guy. But he was on our last tour, the one where we broke That was broke unfortunate and- for him. I mean, as far as all of us. But yeah, we were heading out on a tour and we were we had done the South a few times and we were heading over to like Cincinnati. Over, We were going to get to the Great Lakes, like areas we've never been to before. We were really looking forward to it. And uh, it was just one of those things where I think we were a little low on morale and we uh, we broke down in Vegas and yeah. you know, breaking down in Vegas is never a good thing. And then right. while we broke down, so me and Carl, cause we don't, you know, we have like 20 bucks to our name. So we just walked the whole night down the strip and, and, uh, day. and our, 
our bass player uh, was, he had the flu. So he had like a fever. So he's just in the van waiting for them to find a part to fix our and car. And we got ripped off. And they, they ended up finding like another wrong van axle. in the parking lot where they're like, we'll just oh. take a piece off. You know that hill that leads Vegas, like going out, you know, it's like, oh, goes yeah. so they put the wrong thing. And so, you know, we pay the six, $800 that our booking agent, like, you know, wired us or something. Yeah. And then, um, we're driving off that hill. We get like maybe 30 miles up the road. And then, you know, so he just totally screwed us. So I had to call my dad in San Diego who had this big like motorhome. I'm like, dad, I'm in Vegas. I got the band. We need to get rescued. And, you know, another half a day later, he was there. You know, wow. rest in peace, Garth it, Smith. It Thanks, was, buddy. I think we just kind of hit that point where we're like, yeah. you know, man, we've been trying this so long. Maybe it's just time. Yeah, to- it felt like, you know, it was just kind of, pl- you know, it was just kind of over. So, right. and, so what year was that? 99 99 wow 90 99 i think yeah it's, i'm kind of foggy on the year on that yeah i think that was but that you know was. then there was other issues too there was you know that was kind of into the singer i said i don't <laughs> date guys i'm in a band with right <laughs> yeah that's like a whole nother story you know a whole nother thing you know i mean that was kind of building up for years i was just like you know she's my bandmate and everything and then and then near the end when when the band wasn't like going up anyway, I plateaued and then it wasn't, you know, rising anymore. It was just kind of slowly trickling down. I was just like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe this band thing should end and I should, <laughs> I don't know, man. You know what? I don't it know. Was still right, a while. Right. It was still, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to word that, but when you fight the love, it, it messes with your soul. Right. right so, right. you know, so when the band broke up, we, you know, so how long you guys been married? Uh, in March, trip out on this number. In March, uh, it'll be our 18-year wedding anniversary. Congrats. Wow. Yeah. Yay. March 20th. That's funny because Pat Kim, who was just here, him and his wife have been married 18 years. Oh, cool. There you well, go. we're yeah. about the right time. So yeah. waited, waited a little bit. We're in our 30s. Yeah. You know? We were together for about six years before we got married. So we were together like a long time. We, we've, you know, well, we knew each well, other you, really well. You were tour. together from 94. So No. No. The whole well, time not, of the band. Not together, but I'm saying yes. you guys knew each other from 94. Ma- so. being, right. uh, in right. a band marriage. You know yeah. how it is. When you're in a band, what? you're, you're married. Fact, it's yeah. family. Yeah. At one point, yeah. we were in Vegas and Porter, the three of us, we tried to actually get... We were going to go get married. We were to get married in Vegas they have a three-way you know with Porter you know just and, get the, the core and uh, yeah. they wouldn't let us do it they wouldn't it, let us though. do it we tried to get there you know are, there are oh this isn't Utah yeah, yeah. They yeah. Did. <laughs> so the, the whole time in the band we here. weren't together this is weird talking about all this shit because this is so like so after the band and then uh and then we were together um you know living in San Diego in an apartment for we were together for six years and then we uh that's when we kind of moved up to Idlewild and, and got married. And we and took a break from music for a little bit. We just were hiking, hiking, hiking. Yeah. We escaped for, for town. For a long time, we would go down yeah. to Incopaw, which is kind of near the border, and uh, just be caving out. We'd love caving. Slept in caves, hiked around. domes. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> really cool time. But that's the one time in our lives we weren't doing music. Yeah. And then at some point... And then the whole drummer thing came up. I'm like, okay, are we going to do music again? Are we going to try? And I had so many like drummer, like I didn't want that stress in my life again. So that's, you know, the, the incarnation we are now and what we've been for years is pentagrams and daisies. Right. And that's basically where I bought a sequencer, which is like a real fancy name for a drum machine, but it, right. it, I can program bass lines, sound effects, bells and whistles, keyboards, horns, what you name it. I got really good at that. So I program out all the songs 
and I'll play guitar over it and she sings or now she got this rad like she got she got nodes one time like got her, the nudes. her voice went out so she bought a ukulele learned how to play ukulele and then I got this little ukulele bass so we can do like mellow stuff so on that one it's just kind of drum and I play bass and uke she plays uke I play bass and she's got a little synthesizer with a vocoder so we've you know and then we can play without having a drummer we're able drums are rad. Don't get me wrong. I right, love playing right. with a drummer. I wish it would work out, but not having a drummer, we can just play music all the time. Our drummer's always solid. His tempo is always the same. We just saw same. the fastest way for us to move forward. Yeah. And our son, we have a we have a twelve year old son. He could be sleeping upstairs, and we can practice on little monitors and just run through the songs <laughs> real quiet, real punk rock. Right. Like. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, just for where we're old, at in our life, old and, punk rocks. Yeah. yeah, and trying to play yeah. music, it just old works. Punk rockers, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, however, to make sure it works. I mean, my wife is learning the drums, so we'll go in there and jam. And, you know, it's just we do it when we can. But for me, getting a band together and then trying to do it, I just it, my head starts to yeah. explode. All because, the scheduling, just trying to get people just, yeah. just to get and then adults all the talking, talking rabbit. It's like the first 20, 30 minutes is just talking. It's just like, come on, oh, man. Would burn out so and I'm in bed super early in the morning. And then the idea of, for me to play shows, it's like, okay, well, you guys go on at nine o'clock. <laughs> what? Should we play a little bit of dodgeball here? Yeah. So, what? Dodgeball. what do you got queued up there, dude? Let's see. Oh, this is Pentagrams and Daisies. Oh, I thought this was Dodgeball. Nah. Well, this is a new song. Monica playing, wrote it. I did the bass. Here we go.
All right. So that's from uh, Pentagrams and Daisies. Thought it was Dodgeball, but I was wrong. <laughs> it's all good. Pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> the creative force of Dodgeball became Pentagrams hey. and Daisies. Yeah. So that's called D-Joy. Monica wrote the, she wrote it on ukulele. So chords and melody. And then I came up with the kind of the femsy well, funky bass line. Having him play the bass has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Rolling Switching it up. Yeah. We're having a lot of fun. So our, so our cover band, well, it covers and originals, Pentagrams and Daisies. So we're up like in a tourist town and it was just all like cl- the same classic rock, brown eyed girl, sweet home Alabama bands. Right. You yeah. know? And I'm like, and I love classic rock. It's, right, it's, right, it's a good right. time, but I'm right. like, but people and then are they're really unprofessional. We just saw, cause we were waiters and bartenders up there. That was kind of like our main gig. You know, that's how we'd make money being artists. And, uh, and we just, and th- you're supposed to play for 45 minutes and have a 15 minute break, 45, 15. But these guys would just take these huge breaks. I'm all, you know, if we play some other stuff, some different songs, rad songs, and just be a little more professional, I bet we can get like a lot of work. And that's how we started right. it. So we started playing. That's about 2008. So, yeah. So people come up to Idlewild and they think they're going to just hear like classic rock and pinecone bands, which is like, you know, that's what I just call the guy with acoustic guitar singing, you know, John Denver or whatever. We've and there's right. a lot of that. But I'm like, you know, people come up from L.A. and they're not going to expect to see what we do. Right, you know, we have a stereo field. So we, we have throw like, in songs that yeah. definitely most cover bands aren't. We throw in some doing. metal, some punk, and so then we, we do got, some Fugazi. We do, yeah. and, and in between, we you know we'd pop in something like Laverne and Shirley's theme song. You know, right? Yeah, right. we We're, really like mix it up. But then giving people what they want to, like we have you know stuff people can get up and dance to. We got a lot of punk rock. We, we kind of go rock. all over the place. Yeah, all over yeah. the place. I got we got a Tool song. We do forty six and two. And it's wow. awesome. Like we kind of nail it. That's on our Thursday dance injection. I mean, we got this rad version of Sound System by I know other other people. Got, have, do you know that one, Dan? Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, they, they play the horns. I well, I programmed out some horns they, because you they know. played Sound System in front of Tim Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh wow, man, cool. that's woo. Yeah. You know, we they actually try to get actually, him go up there and sing it. Actually, but. I stood next to him at their show in San Francisco. That it was. Uh, yeah, I can't remember where we were at, but yeah, I don't know if it was that day, but well, that, that was at Soma, right? Yeah. Which one? When you guys played with Rancid, right? Yeah, so we call it um, <clears throat> Coffee Shop Arena Rock or the biggest sounding duo on the planet. That's how we kind of describe <clears throat> it because it's hard to like kind of set, tell people. And when, when they think we're, we're a, duo, a duo, they think we're just going to be sitting there with acoustic guitars doing the same songs. thing. Right. But we set up these JBLs. You know, we got stereo sounds going in and we try to make it sound like five or six dudes, like a big rock band, but it's just us two. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But people need to, once people see it and hear it, then they get it. It's hard right. to kind of explain it to me. And, you know, we pl- play a lot heavier than that song you play, too. Like, we have a Rage song. We do Aerials by System of the Down. Damn. But then we got, like, fun Misfits poppy or... stuff, too. Yeah, we got... We got. Or we love we love St. Patrick's, actually. That's yeah, coming up. And we, coming we up. do... We tend to do, um, like, we'll do an Irish show where we do a lot of Dropkick Murphys and... Flogging and Molly. Flogging Molly. We can do a whole, basically, an hour and a half of Irish punk stuff. So it is oh, interesting, oh. though, yeah. going from Soma, where we would play 20 to 40 minutes at Tops. And, right. And and, right. and you were busted in and you just put every single Freight bit train. of energy you had into that little space. And then we start doing this cover thing, which neither of us had really done, you know, well, out, out in the world now. too much. Now we are. But at the time <laughs> and and they want four hours. But so you know, you're, you're playing for you know, four with, hours with Dodgeball. You guys are playing in front of teenagers. And now you're yeah. what's your what's the audience? Everybody, like now? everybody from so a good 21 mix. to 60. 
You know, and the 40, 50-year-olds really dig and it. And again, you know, people, we live man, in this yeah. really trippy town. And it, it a lot of times when there's uh, events, it's everybody from, you know, you know, from the little kids to the old people. And it's fun getting, um, uh, it's fun seeing people that don't normally listen to that kind of music. Make, they go, I'm having fun with this. They don't know what it right. is. But and we like, have I'm good having rides. so much fun. Yeah. yeah, since we're not stressing on the drummer thing and everything's like, we have a really good stage presence. We feel out the crowd. We we can read a crowd because we have mellow stuff too. Because sometimes when you play like a gig, the first hour, people are still having dinner at some venues. Right. So you got to be mellow. And that's when we bust out the uke based stuff. We do some Amy Winehouse, you know, just some like really mellow stuff. And right. then we'll work into the kind of the more rocky dance and we, stuff. Yeah. By the know. end of the night, we're like, you know, I wish I could play it, but we have this. Someone's got to come see us. We have this version I'm really proud of. Uh, Cashmere by Zeppelin. That's like one of our Ooh. best ones. And it's got all the bells and whistles. And I got this chunky guitar it's line I do over it. And it's and her vocals on it. I mean, I, I, I you know, we've been married and playing together brag, for a long time. Brag. Dude, <laughs> it's sick, dude. <laughs> so I wouldn't you, still be playing with I mean, it's just it's just off the hook. You gotta hear before you die, you gotta hear Monica sing cashmere, dude. What, I mean it's what just, are you guys gonna play the Casbah? I've been talking. To, I've been emailing Tim Mays about playing the Rasmataz, yeah, and, and it's coming up because you know. uh, we've also talked about because Michael Porter still works there, so he's oh, okay. yeah, that's right. And I, so I did see him over there. They were talking about there being uh, was it is it the thirty year reunion? Thirty fifth in like 35th? two years, and is so the 35th they were saying Kasbah that they had talked to him about. Well, could we get dodgeball back together? Well, for, that's what we were thinking that. about. We we're thinking about doing a Spaz Boy dodgeball cockroach show hey, so he's got he's fun. got two drummers two i forget the guy's names but he's got two solid guys that play in bands at the casbah all the time like real solid guys right they could just jump in and be solid and then we wouldn't have you know i mean and then we could do it so you know porter says i gotta like get him up to speed on a couple songs and then uh he's got a couple drummers you know and we could just yeah just bu- bust it yeah. And play the stuff at a, like a really good upbeat but reasonable tempo, and just get in the groove and rock it, and yeah. not play for twenty five minutes. Maybe we could actually get thirty or forty minutes out of somebody. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. Well, you know something silly that we've always like wanted to do is at the Casbah they have that side room, Razzmatazz. The Razzmatazz. We used to call it the Atari room because they used to have video games oh, back yeah. there. And yeah. um, I guess they call it the Razzmatazz. I don't know if Atari got mad at them or something. <laughs> but um, anyways, I think it'd be really fun to just play some of these oddball covers during yeah. other bands and stuff. I, d- I don't know why, but that yeah, sounds between, like a lot. Yeah, in between, yeah, in between sets. Or so something. that's what we're... Yeah. So yeah. Tim Mays, if you're out there, I've been emailing you, man. Like, get back <laughs> to us. It would just be so much fun. And if you just see us once, you're just going to get our thing and it's going to work, man. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, so should we play a little bit of this super group here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, can I just throw out a little disclaimer before you... Play? Okay, so a couple... Oh, you want to play it? Yeah. Do it.
still sitting on the uh, kitty litter box right now? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Throne for kings. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the beginning? The, the beginning, he says something great too about it's the. It's a visual thing. Yeah, it's not about the. I forget. What oh my yeah. lord! So I put yeah, that it, when I was playing that earlier, testing it. I was the first thing I said is, "Oh my god!" It's so much. That's just <laughs> fun, dude. That's yeah. what, that's all that was. So okay. So explain who was in the band for that cockroach. Who's okay, the, so the band members. I, I did vocals. Yeah. And generally played bass. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you did in Gen- Cranial. Generally. And then Jay, Jay Spaz, that's what I call him. I, I yeah. don't know if that's his name. He was that's on guitar not- and bass sometimes. And mm-hmm. then I did, dr- I guess you could call it the drums. Right. Yeah. Which, Which, you know, yeah, I brought the kitty litter box. I'm actually sitting on it right now. I brought it, <laughs> you know, my throne. So it's like uh, the kitty litter box. I don't know where that came from. It was just about, you know, just being funny and having a show and then i had right. these toms and then uh, i was trying what i was going to say before the song if you notice like the third verse like it's a little slower right because like the we way the songs play. would end would like i would just get tired we would just play as yeah. long as we look at colin and like, you know can, we, can you do I, another I would verse hit if we can as do another verse hard as i could and just give it all every song was 110 percent. and then when i just ran out of gas it just kind of slowed down into a retard and then it was like <laughs> over you know yeah. i mean it was like i was just pooped yeah, you know, and that's why that third verse is just a couple beat, maybe five beats slower because I'm like I'm I'm dead, you know. Yeah. And that one must have been at soundtracks. I think we rented soundtracks in OB. Remember yeah, that place? I, oh, I th- that's where we would okay. rehearse and wrote songs. We and I think songs. it's a yeah. one track like Ghetto Blaster recording because I used to record all the dodgeball. Pra- you know, I was a nut about recording everything. So when we had those cockroach, you know, so that's the one cockroach like album I have. You know, there's another album. I think. um Adam from Slightly Stupid, the original drummer. I think he's the one that has it. But then there's um, the show from The Velvet. Yeah. That oh, he recorded but, that. He has that. Someone, no, someone else had posted that, and it's just from the it's board? so blacked out. You can't see. Is anything. it like on the? I think bo- it's oh, just it's from a, a hand cam. Oh I can't, wow! I, I can't remember Back who in it the is. Day with all the special lighting they had. And oh yeah. <laughs> well, I still remember when you guys played Metro, and uh, at that time I was doing the door still, and I opened up. Went in through the front, and you guys just went on, and all these kids were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so I had the kitty litter thrown, and then what I did is, uh, you know, like, um, you know, like baseball bats, so they have that ring on the end for I don't know what that's called, but what I did is I take the drumsticks and I put like a bolt and duct taped it, so I had kind of like I made like a bat end, so that would like kind of stick into my hands. So I was I was getting tired, I wouldn't flick the, you know, I could just keep them. <laughs> right. And then, and then the, you know, the songs would slow and then, you know, it was just, it was just mayhem. And I just remember just, okay, okay, now this is the question I have for you. Now, who got that together and how did that, how did, how did it come together? I have no memory of how that started. To be honest, I've I've been trying to think about this (laughs) and I cannot, granted, I was, I think I was sponsored by Bud Light at that time. So, um... I don't, 
it was probably just one of those in the back of Soma where, That's well, what I was hey, thinking. you know, what well, do you think about... Then, I do remember sitting out on the street sometime, and I don't know whose idea it was, but I just remember, like, I was a big fan of SOD back in the day. Right. And I, I was talking to Monica about this on the on the drive down, like, Scott Ian, you know, he just knew, that was the, the SOD singer was this roadie guy. Yeah. He just knew if he got him on stage, he would just rule. Yeah. And then I just remember, I don't know if it was up, me and Jay talking or how it came up, but I'm like, if Germ was the lead singer from man whatever it's just gonna rule I do like seem you, know, to you just have this presence i'm like new it just like oh of course that was the cat, of course you, know? you, you just had we just knew you were gonna be the best <laughs> front man and yeah. i do seem to recall sitting out near the the you know in the back doors there right and yeah. and you talking about like i, I want to work on a new project i want a new was project jay sitting there too like how did jay well I mean, we were always all back there yeah so. yeah. <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> Because that kids, song, see that that show at Metro, the kids were like, "We came here to see Dodgeball and Spaz Boy. What the hell is this?" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was a total chaos show, right? I mean, that yeah. was they were the the headliner, and you know yeah. they had a million people there for them, you know. But, but I remember writing the songs. Okay, so oh my god, you know, if no one could tell the lyrics, it was oh my god, oh mighty god, I think, which is kind of weird because it kind of sounds like a religious song. <laughs> it, which is, it, it was very. You know, spiritual, yeah. it was a spiritual yeah. we were uplifting tune. But anyway, that was called like noise G. Like I remember just coming up with these simple concepts like, okay, everybody do noise. I'll come in with a beat and then just play G. I mean, it's just like noise G. Right. And that became, oh my God. And all the songs were like that. There was another one that just kind of built up and then ended. You know, they were yeah. all very just simple punk rock, garagey, just, you know, simple, simplistic yeah. as hell, you know, just... Because with all the pop punk that everyone else yeah. was doing. And then, so I'm thinking that was probably, it was either after I did meet. I don't know. Ooh, that might've been. Yeah. It was so, after, it was after you did meet. Okay. So meet was, you know, B tuned down to B strings are flopping super slow, two bases. Just wow. Wow. I never guttural, saw that. That, that sounds just, pretty fun. And three gnarly vocals and just, you know, wow. guttural, just yeah, make make your insides kind of turn a little <laughs> bit. I want I want people to have nightmares. And then, um, so at that point, and then we named that because of the whole huge vegan movement and how a right. lot of these, you know, the kids all were vegan. And then so everything that wasn't vegan, it was just shit. It was like the early woke movement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we named it Meat. And then um, with cockroach, it was because I'm deathly afraid of cockroaches. I see them, I scream like a girl. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. So why why was that? Why did we come up with that name? It's because you were scared of it? Because I I could scream like I'd seen a cockroach. (laughs) Now, we have it misspelled, right? I mean, it's cockroach. It's not. Yeah. How is the real cockroach? exclamation point. Okay. Oh, okay. I forgot that. Okay. So how is the real cockroach spelled? (laughs) Like how is, because we spell it C-O-C-K-R-O-A-C. C-H. Yeah. How was a real C-O-C-H-R-O-A-C. Okay, so we're cockroach. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know. know. (laughs) Again, just another middle finger to... Well, because Jerem was cocky, that's why. I got the photos. I've got photos of us playing at the El Cajon Music There's proof that it happened. I have photographic evidence. Here's the Polaroids that Monica took on tour. I was big on Polaroids. Yeah. Well, you know, that wasn't. was that was real time, right? Back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. interesting because people didn't have a phone yeah. to take photos. So the having photos can from you, then was can actually you rare. Yeah, can you imagine yeah. if we had our, our iPhones back then? Oh, wow. I, can you imagine all the pictures? Yeah. We oh have? my god, the things that oh, went down there at Soma. Come across on the podcast. 
It's these eight photos right here. That's Music Trader. And this is my favorite, the one where you're like falling backwards. Full in full Germs glory mohawk. Falling backwards. So I don't know if you have a scanner. I'm gonna let you scan those, but I will not give those up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but so rad. What freaking shirt am I wearing in this? I, I don't think you are. You were starting off with it, something. Because he usually wore that fishnet shirt. Yeah, yeah, that yeah was that's just, in the other gigs. Yeah. So I have those. <laughs> so just memory lane right there. I mean, that, it happened, man. And it, you can see a couple of them where Jay is just like almost like in tears laughing so hard yeah. while we're doing it. Yeah. I think Monica too. Like, And I'm like just beating the... F you know, and then I'm standing up. I think there was one song where I would like hit the cymbal while I was running in circles around the drum set yeah, yeah. or something. You know, anything I could do to just like elevate the showmanship because of my lame drum ability. You know what I mean? Just, just. But that was that was the whole thing. Yeah. I remember talking about like if we're gonna do this, you're gonna play drums. Yeah. Because it can't be serious. It's gotta be. And I wanted everybody to not play the instrument that they did so it had more of a raw effect. That's yeah. why I was really wanted Monica to play guitar That's and then Jay jumped to play on bass. a little bit. I, I remember the first bit. time yeah. Jay played the bass, he's like, I've never even held a bass. Like <laughs> at, at soundtrack, he picked up the bass and like he was like a had fish fingers. Like he just didn't get it. Yeah. He's like, I've never even held funny, one of these things. And I'm like, well that's that's the sound I'm looking yeah. for play the bass. Cause you can't play it. <laughs> exactly. So in essence it's kind of as I look at it now, I think of, I always think of the Stooges now, Yeah, you know, but there, there was no peanut butter, but <laughs> I wasn't exactly, I mean, I, I'm not a stationary singer, no. you <laughs> know, over the place. so, and then, you know, I have to put on this freaking show and you, you paid your five bucks. So I'm, and everybody knows who you are. So you gotta, you gotta show up. <laughs> you gotta show up. There's no, there's a little bit of yeah, pressure I, on I can't, you more than any of us. I cannot <laughs> phone this in. You cannot. Yeah. yeah. And realistically, that's just. Yeah, because who who is everybody looking at? They're looking at Jero. It was all about yeah. Jero. Uh, what the hell is this guy's problem? It, but it was, <laughs> but oh, it was oh, and you forgot this. Was waiting. What, I got to tell you something be? else because you know they were all toms, right? All my drums right. were toms, so the kick drum was a floor tom. And there, I heard you guys talking to Jay. There was a kicker. I didn't hit it with my foot. Oh, there was okay. a kick pedal. But what we did is there was no stands. So when we played the Soma Sideshow, part of the act was we come out. Everybody sets up. Oh yeah. So you had a drill. And I had a screw, and we brought out oh, the tom, right. and we wood screwed the tom so right into the stage. I mean, it was like, wah, wah, and that's what held the, the the thing there. And we yeah. had to unscrew it at the end of the gig. So all of a sudden, all the kids are like lining up in front, and you know, we kind of made a thing about it. You know, when oh, we were yeah. walking out, and you had the drill. You know, hey, look at this it's part and, of the show. I mean, yeah. what other band have you seen that drilled the <laughs> kicker into the? I mean, that was that set the tone right there. It's right. like, okay, dude, this is gonna be punk as fuck. Get ready, we're gonna blow your fucking brains out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and there's no way that we could really even get away with doing that. If if another band tried to oh, do that, man. you work there. So we I would have I would have lost my mind. Right. No way. I think <laughs> Len probably lost his mind as well. It but. was two holes and it was totally worth it. But you worked there. So you had the free pass on that. That's why yeah. we know we could do that. And we didn't do that at other venues, but like, okay, this is the show. Let's drill the fucking thing in there. And it was it was great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> See, Where's my album? That's from the heavens. Yeah. <laughs> it's from the heavens. But, um, yeah, so that being said, I'm trying to think of back to the, the actual roots of it and why we even who was the Who, did was, it. who instigated the idea? Well, go ahead. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of know that, again, some of it came from us uh, 
when people would line us up and and say that we were punk and we just thought that we're, we're not mm-hmm. we're not hard enough to be called punk so it's kind of like an unhonored we'll show you what punk is. thing to yeah. so so i that think that was about it, right. yeah. we wanted to go now this is this is what we would do yeah. so when i think of punk i think of really quick easy songs it sounds really bad you know it's it's just you know but an expression of just yeah. and just kind of artsy you know let let's just like letting out these feelings yeah. you know I mean, all those bands in the the second coming of, you know, the 90s scene were just rad bands. But yeah, I mean, it didn't, you know, it wasn't like, you know, seeing bands in a bedroom you right. know, with a mattress up against the window. You know, right. to me, that was punk as fuck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's what Cockroach was. And it was rad doing that. It was just such a release. Yeah. You know, and having fun. Yeah. And, you know, it was it, real raw. It was, and it was quick. Like, um, I mean, we did a few shows and then it was it was over. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's what but, I was going to ask. How many shows uh, did Cockroach do? I remember oh, three. Uh, yeah. Because I think Jay said four or something. I don't... There was... Was Music Trader the first one? Yeah. And then Total Chaos might have been number two Side or state. three. And then I know we did the Velvet and that's and he, all... Did you guys I, play a house party I was going to say, didn't we yeah. do some house party? Yeah. Some house party uh, in college area. And that's all I remember. I don't yeah. even remember the house party. I remember these college guys. I remember <laughs> my, I don't know how we got that gig, but I remember being like, what the hell? Like, they didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> Again, God, I don't... It was the oh, even, it was the oh my god we played the religious song and it's the bringing in the song. chimes of heaven dude I mean that's just what's going on the bells know. are ringing yeah I do I don't even remember that but I do the the crazy thing about it is when you look at some of the pictures that I have taken from the back of the stage looking forward because there's there's all the swindle kids mm-hmm. up right. there yeah you know and they're just like. What the fuck is this? It was great. <laughs> but Derek you know, from Spazboy was standing there too. Oh, yeah. And being on the, the riser, you know, being on the drums, being in the back, it was a whole different view for me. And just looking out, like I remember there's this song, I don't know which one that was called, but it went na 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 Very pogo-y song. Yeah. And that's when uh, there was a oh, sea was. of people pogoing. And to me, I was just like, you know, this is just magic. I mean, that, that yeah. you can't even describe that feeling, you know, because, I mean, we weren't Sprung Monkey. We never played the main stage and had that sea. Of, you know, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah. how, oh, how is this true, happening huh? right now? Yeah. You know, I mean, we're that doing was, Cockroach was... and it's like insane and it's yeah. rad. <laughs> yeah. And that was a, a beautiful thing about it is like we, we were laughing at, we're looking at each other laughing, going like, you know, we work so hard at Dodgeball. But, dude, this just came together and it was just fun. We were in a soundtrack two nights Boom. Let's yeah. gig, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was great. I, I, it, so have you heard it, like, listening to that song last night when I sent it over? Was that the first time you've heard it? And, like... It, I listened to it this morning. Yeah. Um, prepping all this. And, yeah, it's... Other than the one video, I think I shared it. It's the the hand cam or whatever. I want to see that um, sometime. And the, the sound's kind of... I have to find it. It's probably on the group. Uh-huh. And it sounds kind of meh, but that, I mean, I haven't even... Well, I worked on that. Like, I've got a whole, I got the whole practice. I'll give you the whole session sometime. But um, that I kind of, you know, was just a one track on a Ghetto Blaster. So I tried to EQ it. You know, right. it's in a digital, I put it into a digital machine and tried to like get something, you know, because yeah. so the vocals are a little low. I tried to EQ it to where the bass was more. And you could hear the vocals and that's the best I could get it to sound. Yeah. You know. It's, it sounds... It's just raw. Yeah. It's it's yeah. oh my god. It's press record and play on the tape, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even box. believe that people even care and want to hear us talk about this crazy shit. That's oh, what's kind of tripping they were, me out. The the Facebook page was like going bananas. We're going to have dodgeball. Where where's Monica? We uh, want to hear Monica do a, a, 
a podcast and that was like the last uh request we had actually yeah. maybe you guys should actually have her back because i talk too much <laughs> talks oh, no. i'm such a spaz <laughs> you gotta fine. have her back to just do a monica one and then you can get more of her yeah i know i'm like a i'm just you know no, i think i think it's coming out good i all right cool. i think everything sounds I'm totally geeked yeah out. this just, is taking me I back i just sit here. back here and laugh and, and that's think what, about that's, all these times like oh and that's yeah. what it's about it's about sharing the memories you know it's bringing mm-hmm. back memories so and i just want to say yeah. that all the people you know seeing pat and you guys you guys all look like shit you guys haven't aged well at all, but my wife right here, she's healthy and she still looks good. She looks so the same. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. She didn't lose sure, it. Yeah, sure, she's killing. And I just, you know, no, you guys do look good. I didn't. Write, I seeing you was awesome. I knew exactly who you were when I saw your face. Yeah, you know, dude, you okay. looked like you were fifty back when you were twenty, dude. So I mean. So he looks, yeah. he looks younger now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's doing great. Here's I'll the funny the thing, right? Oh, shit. There it is. Yeah, There's the right, 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 right. Well, okay. no, you don't look bad at all. I was just the trying to make a joke. You look good. <laughs> but, you know. So did you, did you guys want to play something? This will be the first time. You, did you yeah. Play? yeah. It was that same song that you played. That's the one we like had ready yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought maybe you wanted had... to play something live. But that's... It was that um, DJoy song. If, oh, okay. if you couldn't get that to work, we were going to play it live. No, okay. And that's what we... We don't want to have anything else prepared, do we? Uh, no worries. No, I don't even think. Not this one. I mean... And this, yeah. and this is uh, history because this is the first time we had a, a female come in and hey, right. podcast. Yeah, so. right. For the woman. Monica's and, the first and played songs, which I thought it'll be a cool dynamic, you know? Yeah. Got some talking and play some tunes. And well, we did that with um, G-Spot, actually, with John. So yeah. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Time. I got to listen to that we one. Ha- we haven't put them out yet. I'm trying to get... We're going to compile a bunch of stuff and then get them... Uh, uh, and it is mixed good, and mastered. It's good to hear all these different angles because there was so much going on. There were a lot of people in the scene and you would circulate with all these different bands. So it's there's all these little tiny different memories that happen. Oh, here's a here's a pretty good Soma story. So it was a Green Day show and um, I was in cranial vacancy at the time. Yeah. And my old bass, uh, my old, the old singer, Mike Chapman. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember Mike, but he was this little Jewish guy, kind of wall eyed, and he just had, a, it was a real character. So was yeah. this, this was Union Days then? Um, nope, nope. It was Metro? God, you know, I, I really have trouble. I, I think, Metro I think it was, you guys, the new one. Played. Metro was 94 to 99. Union was 86 to uh, 94. Cause we weren't, uh, we didn't play the show. Me and Mike just went to go see Green Day. And, oh, okay. and it was funny cause he, in the middle of it, uh, you know, I was, I was like, oh, let's get in the pit. You know, we're having fun bouncing around in there. It's a lot of fun. And he's waiting for his moment. He's waiting for his moment. And finally goes, okay, now. And he jumps in and he's got these glasses, prescription glasses he's wearing that are from like when he was like in the third grade or something. So they're little kids, they're tiny little glasses immediately in the pit someone rips him off his head and everybody's laughing and throwing him around and billy joe stopped he's like hey everybody hey hey give me those and he, he took the glasses and he's like who who are these mics like they're mine and he's like well come on up and so he had mike come up on on, on stage and i don't know what song he sang with him but he, he got him to sing a song with him Pretty but it was cool. one of those wow. fun times when it was like because oh because i know at the beginning of the night mike says to me i'm getting up on stage tonight I'm like, who are you kidding? I mean, who are you kidding yourself? Okay, whatever. And sure enough, there he was up on stage singing with (laughs) Billy Joe. That's something he'll remember for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. (laughs) And there's always something crazy with him. Like when we played, like he would, uh, he, I'd be playing bass. He'd be shaving my legs during shows, and 
or he'd drink a whole bottle of scope or didn't he shave his eyebrows during a gig you he told did me that was a little bloodier one that was oh. <laughs> yeah that one got a little in his head and it's like oh shaving your head without like a mirror is you gotta really, have, oh yeah you gotta have a mirror it's really tough you gotta have multiple mirrors talk actually. about someone who would do anything for the show he i have to hand it to him i remember him like like trying to put together the image and everything together. I remember the name because I still to this day love the name. Cranial yeah. Vacancy is probably one of the greatest. It's it a, great a great name. name. Yeah, it is. I'm a big connoisseur of great band names, and Cranial Vacancy is up there. For sure. I've named some brilliant names. Yeah, Excrements is really up there yeah. in one of the bands that I named. That okay. um, <laughs> well, I yeah, like yeah. our new one. This was actually supposed to be. The name of our second album, Pentagrams and Daisy, was supposed to be Dodge, but then when the band broke up, I'm like, that's just too good. And I was like, you know, and then the symbol and everything. Yeah. And then uh, you want to tell the about the band name. She was a little uh, apprehensive about it. Yeah, you know, I, was, I was a little weirded out because I had thing. had a couple people been like, Pentagrams. Oh, oh, are you saying? Yeah. yeah. And we're like, yeah. are you kidding yeah. me? I was like, no, he's pointy. I'm round. It's pentagrams and days. It's, it's kind like of more of a yin and yang symbol and, for us. Um, yeah. Anyway. So I was going back and forth on like, should it be, is it too hard? Are we not going to get gigs because people are going to trip out on the name, you know, and, and stuff like that for some of the types of venues we were playing. So I'm working at a restaurant one day and Cafe Roma, Idlewild. In Idlewild. And, um, and Serge is there from System of a Down and he's having lunch and it's, and I'm horrible when I go to meet famous people. I am like the dorkiest dork. Like as many years as I've worked around famous people, I just am not good at going up to talk to him. So I'm waiting for my moment. Like, do I say hello? I gotta say hello. I mean, I can't let him leave without saying hello. What am I gonna do? <laughs> so then. He goes to the restroom after he's done eating and he goes to walk out and I'm like, hi, hey, I love your band. I really love what you do. And like, I have a song. We play the song. We like to play aerials. And I'm like, this is the band that I'm in and we do this stuff. And he's like, oh, really? Like a girl sings aerial. What's the name of your band? I'm all pentagrams and daisies. He's all cool name and i'm all i call him calling okay that's it we're keeping the band name we're keeping <laughs> so it. our band name has been surge approved that's what we tell people yeah, yeah. so that, that was a good story so just yeah. a yeah. tidbit since you guys are fans of a system of a down um damon and shabo actually would come to metro to watch shows really uh, yep. really see they were they were huge dodgeball fans all the time i knew it i knew it yeah <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> oh before i believe i don't know if this is wrapping up but i want to Tell people, okay, we got a website. So pentagramsanddaisies.com, but you know, on the website is spelled A N D. We usually use the little symbol. Mm -hmm. So pentagrams, uh, you know, the symbol and then daisies, but on the website is pentagramsanddaisies.com. And we have like a little sound bite on there. Monica edited together this cool thing. There's the chimes. Uh it's just a you know, so clubs can tell like what we're doing cover wise. So it's a little yeah. sampler. And instead of playing songs and songs and songs and taking too long, it does like 20 seconds of a song and goes to the next one. So if you go down on the left, there's a little thing that says P&D Tasty Taste Sampler. Check it out. It's really fun. Oh, you okay. get an idea. You know, we go anywhere from Amy Winehouse to Rob Zombie and everywhere in between. And it's a lot of fun. So, I mean, that's, that's a, awesome. So anybody wants to check that out. And we were looking to do some gigs in San Diego again. Yeah, we, we want to definitely on. see you guys out here yeah, playing. I think everybody that came out would have a good time. They would trip out of what me and Monica do now. <laughs> Our act right now is just bizarre and great fun. It's and a lot I, of fun. It's a lot of fun. And, and, that's sound, a, and a, a way to promote that if we guys can get something, you know, put former members of uh yeah, former Dodge, members of, Dodge. of Dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, that, would yeah. bring, <laughs> that would bring the old fans out, you know, yeah. so... That would yeah. be good. It'd be a lot of fun. Definitely, yeah. something going. 
Yeah, we just don't even know. You know, we've been gone 20 years now from San Diego, which is like really bizarre to think that we've been gone that long. So when I come back and I'm thinking of old gigs and those, you know, places don't exist anymore. None of that's around. Yeah, the tower I worked out doesn't exist anymore. When I looked at Soma and saw they were doing all these hip hop bands, I'm like, well, I don't know what I would do with that now. You know, it's yeah, (laughs) nothing against. I mean, I like that, but, you know, it's not what we do. Well, the town has changed so much that even trying to see like talent, like looking at names for anything, even at a bar, I'm looking, I'm going, who are these people? Yeah. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. I haven't been serious about, you know, shows and any of that since 1997. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel, it makes me feel super old and then out of touch. And then it's like, well, is it local? And then I just, I, my mind just starts to explode trying yeah. to figure it out. Because so are you in the scene anymore at all? Are you completely retired? From, um, do you go to shows? I mean, where, where are you? I mean, we, well, the, what, when we met up um, a couple of years ago was at the Casbah with Swindle, age yeah. 51, and the Classified. So it was like a Soma throwback that uh, Rob oh, Perlman. They were oh, playing, really? or were you guys just they, hanging they played, out? They played. Oh, wow. We, yeah. I hadn't seen him in years. Oh, Actually, yeah. I, saw him, I saw him at Soma San Diego when I was working there. He, yeah. he came. I'd love to see the Swindle came guys. To see I mean, they were like, we call them kids. You know, yeah. we, we thought they were. The Swindle I kids. I remember we all yeah. went, oh. a whole group of us. Sorry, sorry, Swindle. You guys look older than <laughs> us. <laughs> they look older than us. They didn't age well, huh? No. Uh, so we all went to Disneyland at one point. It was during the recording, I think, of all that lump of coal and all that. So that whole group, we a whole bunch of us went to Disneyland and everybody's dressed all punk and everything like that. And so there were a million and not to be racist, just was like Japanese people that would be like, picture, picture. And they would get us right. all in. The, so somewhere on a bunch of Japanese. You guys mantles, were a tourist we attraction. Were a tourist attraction. Yeah. So, well, because they had all the, you know, the. The clothespins and yeah, they had the whole thing. Yeah, 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 it wasn't happening like it is now, but yeah, so so, they were just really tripped out on seeing it. A couple of those swindle guys don't even have hair anymore. (laughs) (laughs) He gives us a look like, I'm gonna tell you something. I miss my hair. Oh man, (laughs) yeah, but Uh, other than that, um, you know, with the podcast that we're doing, and then, um, we have done a couple shows. I was mentoring these kids called Magnol Company, and we did a couple shows, but I was mainly, the first one, we were really heavily involved, so it was just like a Soma show. I brought Sammy, the sound guy, Jerry and I ran the thing, but kind of, you know, let the kids kind of see what it was about, and then they did another smaller show, and that, I was more away from it, but... You know, I was the the grown up this time. I was I'm pacing around the freaking place, <laughs> telling people not to drink, talking to cops, and my you know, the tables turn. You know, and, and I'm talking to the cop, just thinking, oh my god, no, fuck you, fuck you, just let them play. <laughs> god, this is weird. Why am I doing this? And then um, we were hoping to do more, and I'm doing that under Germ Warfare Productions. Nice. Good name, good nice. name. But realistically, you know, and I was also doing my charity at that point. And then the skateboard company, and then my full-time job, and then this. So it was a matter of eliminating the things that aren't making sense and aren't moving forward. Because for me to trying to get with the kids, you know, I have to get on Tic Tac and 
and <laughs> snuggle and it's like he's face cracks and oh, hash brown yeah cobra kai hash brown yeah is, yeah <laughs> but you know I, I don't do that i don't i don't like social media i get hacked all the time i don't really know what the hell i'm doing oh that's us that's i us. get insecure about it because i feel so fucking old but i still write notes that's hard we, we all come from that do-it-yourself on paper era yeah. like i mean like we said every i still flyer, make a poster he does he still we makes a, we do the facebook flyer. thing because we have to but i'll still make a flyer and go staple it up at the coffee shop in Ottawa because like I want a poster and a flyer up you know what I mean? Yeah, I, and not yeah. about you, but yeah. we're looking yeah. for that, that. Feels like it's real. That kid yeah. or that person who you know wants to be another member of the band to do all the social media because yeah, we just, need to hire yeah. a kid. Yeah, but that's the thing is I was working. They were all early twenties. Yeah, but it, they, I've noticed at this point that there's such a divide. I mean, the gap of age and from what I was, you know, I, I did celebrity judging where I um, did a battle of bands. So oh. I was a celebrity judge. Nice. And there's, awesome. there's a couple of these other guys that were there that were, um, they're still in the business doing production and all that. And when we had our meeting in the beginning, they're like, oh, your turn. Oh, well, you know, that's, that's cool. Good to meet you. And well, I do this. And then, you know, at the end of the night, it's like, yeah, that fucking old guy, you know, uh. that guy was in cockroach, <laughs> you know, and, I felt just I'm so out of place and I I feel old and I just I feel removed. Yeah. So it's to get back into it and actually start making things come together and to be able to do it properly. Jerry and I are working on some things, but it's, you know. Well, maybe we can, you know, maybe we'll get something together sometime. It's got to feel right. It's got to be the right thing. But as far as musically, you know, my wife and I have what we call the left outs. Nice. And we just, like you know, like I said, we just jam. But um, maybe we can get a jam going here after this podcast wraps up. We'll get, yeah. well, I'll, t- I'll teach you the, uh, the, the huge arrangement of Almighty God <laughs> and uh, <laughs> whip it out. <laughs> Bit of an opus. But in the meantime, you know, um, obviously there's either lizards in my front yard and um, that's the ring that keeps going off. <laughs> Before it's, we leave, I got to I I tell you one more story because I was listening to one of your podcasts and you, you know, I, I learned about how much of an Aussie fan and Black Sabbath fan you are. Oh yeah, my so dad. I got to tell you my quick, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you my quick, uh, Oz, I met Ozzy once. Okay, oh, wow. so this is back in the tower days. I was out at the El Cone Tower and uh, he was doing an in-store at the Sports Wiener Tower. You know, that's where all oh, the big yeah. in-stores were because that was the main one. And this was the No More Tears album. This was like the big, you know, comeback record, yeah. which is, I don't know how you feel about it, but I love that record. I think it's like great. Yeah. I love it. So it was Zach Wilde's first, you know, thing or whatever. And we go down there because we I was doing the art things and my me and my managers went down there and we got to meet Ozzy. But, you know, there was a line like down the block, you know, a couple blocks down the the F and sports arena Boulevard. Right. Yeah. So we got to meet him before the, he worked the whole, you know, line he of people. Line, so, yeah. yeah. So, and he was hilarious. I don't know if he told this joke before, but you know, the line in uh paranoid where it's like, end your life, you know, end your life. Yeah. He's all, he, you know, in his shaky British accent, you know, like almost falling down. He's like, Oh, it's all a misunderstanding. He's all, I didn't tell you to end your life. I was telling you to enjoy life. You must enjoy <laughs> life. And oh, we were just cracking up. I mean, yeah. the guy was awesome, dude. I oh, mean, yeah. just so yeah. great. Yeah. You know? Oh, and then yeah. I wanted to get him to sign something. So, you know, off the record back in the day, college. So I went there. I didn't have, all I had was tapes. I was like a tape kid. So yeah. I got this 
gatefold of paranoid you know it's like a vinyl and it folds open yeah and he, he there's like a hill it's a black and white photo ozzy's on one side and then the three other dudes are on a hill and this was when him and um you know tony iomi i guess were feuding a little bit so when i gave it to him to sign you know before everybody he he wrote like um dickhead really big <laughs> in the gate and he wrote he drew this huge arrow that right on top of tony iomi's head and I That's still funny. have that. It's like, it's, and then he time. signed it. And it's just great, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> Ozzy is great, dude. I mean, yeah. I'm going to be bummed. You know how like you see people die, like people are dying all the time on the phone. Yeah. When him and Willie go and it comes day. across the phone, I'm going to be bummed out. Yeah. Yeah. I got you know? to hang yeah. out with Ozzy the summer of 2000. I was on Ozfest working Hi. for a band that uh, Sharon signed. So I knew the whole family I had dinner with Ozzy a couple times and on was stage. that during the show when the show was on TV and everything? No, this was before. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was maybe two years before the Osborne show came out. But wow. um yeah, Ozzy's totally humble. He's a, a great guy and uh I hadn't never had anything bad to say about him. I actually became a fan because of hanging around him. So. And and he yeah. was like what you guys would say, like during the autograph signing, I mean he was shaking and just like but then we saw him that night wherever they were playing and he total just becomes a person. Total oh, yeah. different person. I mean yeah. he was still throwing the confetti out of the pail and he was jumping around and clapping and it was yeah. just may and put on the, you know, one of the best front mans ever. I have oh, to yeah. say yeah. He, like I always loved uh when I was a kid growing up and listening to his lyrics and and you know i think he was misunderstood if you didn't listen to his lyrics and if you listen to his lyrics like he was singing about great things and and i kind of think sometimes that it's influenced like right now a lot of our songs are a little more environmental and some of that is due to ozzy you know he's saying about mother you know he's saying about you know the mother planet and not taking advantage of it and yeah and that kind of yeah. stuck with me i was really young when i would hear him uh, do those things and so i kind of think that's been an influence and in, in oh us. yeah and like i said i think our, our new stuff is definitely yeah. more on the environmental reliving all these memories and going back this has really helped my climate anxiety a lot this has been some really good therapy for me so cool. you know what i mean <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> you know like today i didn't think about you know the amazon burning or anything like that right. so you know right. so thanks man yeah. no this <laughs> but I'm is laughing. i'm still in a good mood yeah, good. yeah, I, yeah. i'm the same way it's just to be able to like remember some things but not only that but to it's the whole you remember something, you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, I'm sitting here watching TV, and I'll watch some old skateboard video or whatever. I'll even pop on one of my old bands. And, oh, you know, that's, that's cool. But when it's with people collectively. Oh, the energy to it. And then, yeah. And that's that's the one thing that, you know, a lot of these things with. I listen to a lot of talk radio, yeah. unfortunately. So sometimes by the time I get home, I'm out mowing lawns, and I'm doing, you know, I go above and beyond. I'm not just mowing lawns, but, I, I you know. I try to do the right thing for people. Don't overcharge and blah, 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 blah. So by the time I get home, if I'm listening to talk radio about politics, I get home in this place, my my haven, yeah. and it's like, fuck. Fuck, well, I'm going to have a fucking shot of tequila and take my vitamins and fuck, 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 fuck. And then I stare at my ramp and oh, I should fucking skate. Fuck yeah, that. Might, I'm pissed I, I off. I my board and my pad. I'm an old guy. I wear, I wear wrist guards and pads, but we might skate it up here in a <laughs> yeah. second, huh? Yeah. We're going to go have a little skate sesh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a screwed up shoulder, but I I can do some kick turns yeah. right now. Well, I don't learn anything new. I just do the same old tricks. I mean, I'm old too, man. I don't want to eat it. Yeah. Hey, I think we win. I think we win for like the longest podcast of this whole thing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you know that. All this. We win. Woo! No, we, oh, don't, no. we don't let anything out. Uh, no. <laughs> there's there's a couple. Well, 
we might have edited it out like um, one of the doorbells in the beginning, but now on one of the previous ones. But got to unplug that chime, man, wherever it's at. It's, yeah, I don't know if it's, it's coming across on the mic, but yeah, it's pretty funny. We all just kind it's of It's the 7 Eleven uh, yeah, coming in out of yeah. the 7 Eleven. We're doing the podcast from 7 Eleven today. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's. Want a Slurpee with that? <laughs> 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 that was my first job. My first yeah, job was yeah. That's that's where I went. Was really? you know after Soma. Yeah, I worked at Seven Eleven when I was sixteen. That was my first job. Learned a lot about the world working at Seven Eleven. Oh yeah. Well, that's in the Dodgeball days. You know, I didn't. I, I were working at Seven Eleven, and we go on a tour. I could quit. You know, you could just quit Seven Eleven, right? Yeah. You know, because so they'll was, hire you right back because. You know. You know, they are always needing yeah, somebody yeah. twenty four oh hours a day, just like at a gas station. Yeah, <laughs> end up going back and you start doing door. graveyard shift, and then they move you up to swing shift, and then you open up, and they go, "You're too hungover." That's and... a different podcast. I got a million stories of that. Oh yeah. Place. Oh, After God, I quit there, I ended up doing stage handing, and one of the gigs that I did. Happened to be back at Soma. The only time I think I remember doing a gig there, um, and it was I think it was Megadeth. Okay. Oh, that was a that was a night before our New Year's Eve show. Is that Metro and or Union? That Metro. was Metro. Metro. And and Back we we were putting up moving lights, but the didn't have a drop in ceiling or anything like that. So we'd put the lights in, and they were so low that they were going to hit everybody's heads so we had to take those lights out but i always remember that was like a really trippy thing to come back after it was you know quite a few years after we played yeah and and so and we did play the main stage one time i don't know if you have a date on this but we played the main stage seven seconds <laughs> i yeah, maybe i don't shouldn't have, have to mention it <laughs> oh man yeah it okay so we moved up and it was raining and, and i think what it was i wasn't a fan of seven seconds but i think it was one guy original member only one so guy. it was one of those yeah, things where Kevin, it's like it's Kevin. not really the band so no Nobody came. I mean, right. the, the main stage was big, and there was maybe like sixty people there, which for that place was like nothing. Highlights. So highlights uh, one chance the on the big main stage was a uh, was a total flop, man. Because you remember how many people that main stage held? A couple uh, thousand? No, not that many. Really? Five hundred. Thirteen seventy-five. Wow. Yeah. You know, so the, the yeah, we didn't Soma. even get the to the seventy-five. I don't think, dude. <laughs> So I mean, we're sixty like, yeah. is a small show for the side stage. Yeah, yeah. it was I mean, just one of the man. It was the weather was things, horrible, the and they didn't they didn't draw. You know, I, we had a couple of our kids days. from the postcards. We sent out our postcards, and we had a couple of those kids there. But yeah. I mean, it was like raining cats and dogs for San Diego. It was a pretty big storm. Okay, and I just remember it being like people were just like, you guys remember what year that was? I was hoping you would have no, like a, a list. I'm thinking ninety-seven ish. Really? Yeah, seven seconds on the main stage at Metro. I know that for sure. Yeah. And uh, we got to get that reader. We got to hit those people. Yeah, up. that's right. Yeah. That's right. They have all the info. They have every. I just show. want to end it on a really high note. Yeah, well, that was a good one. What? We probably got really high after that. I'm sure. You could go higher. <laughs> Well, it, was, it was good seeing you guys. It's yeah, been so long. good seeing you, man. Yeah. Like I didn't know. Listen to my podcast. I didn't know who the. I still don't like, know who, who Mikey Beats Jared is. I got to see who this guy is. I got to see his face. You yeah, know? it's good. Well, seeing Mikey's you, man. done yeah. grows up. He's huh? Mikey had done growed up. He was he was just long blonde hair. Yeah. He was there for a short period of time, but just full of freaking energy and yeah. just loved the. Too scene. bad he wasn't here. It'd been nice to meet him too. But but yeah. um, well he's. Unfortunately, he's not doing it with us anymore. But he's oh. he's still around. We're, well, we're gonna I drag really, him in really at some appreciate point. You guys getting a hold of us. Yeah, and, and I, was, I don't yeah. know if this would have happened if we weren't in cockroach. I mean, dodgeball was cool, but you know, we oh, had no, our day. They, but... they didn't request cockroach. They no. requested dodgeball. Really? Yeah, well, man, who are these kids, and where were they back in the day? <laughs> <man>? <laughs> Well, they're grown adults now. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, but, if we get this going on some sort of reunion show, we actually get a crowd going and have like a fun show. And, oh yeah, uh, you know, 
Yeah. Well, even, you know, dropping the hints about cockroach and things that I did on the group, it's, the hype is there. But, yeah. they, you know, they wanted, I mean, I even played dodgeball earlier. What was I doing? YouTube or something? And I was like, holy, holy shit. Because I'd forgotten. Yeah. And yeah. that's another great thing for me is to be able to listen to it's stuff. It's on YouTube? It, Dodgeball's on YouTube? Somewhere? I can swear I that's what that it was. Out. It was just, Someone's um, got some stuff up. You know, like a, a picture. People will put like a whole album. Yeah. And it's just right. a picture. So you stare at the picture and I'm staring at the picture. <laughs> Is it wow. going to move? But listening to music going, I think that's because we were doing some research this morning. Yeah. But yeah, before the heavenly 7-Eleven doorbell comes in, yeah. Colin, Monica, <laughs> thank you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, man. You. We had such so a great fun thinking about coming here and just thinking about everything. Good old memories, man. Just yeah. a lot of Good fun. times. Yeah. So we'll have a lot to rule. talk about the, on the drive home, you know? From the hallowed, oh, yeah. halls, <laughs> the hallowed halls of Soma. Yeah. All That's right, Colin and Monica, ow! Thank you. <laughs>